are so happy to welcome Tiffany Zhu as today's speaker for the Art of Creative Living Women of Color Summit. So before we get started, Tiffany, please let everyone know who you are and what you do. Hi, everyone. It's so good to meet all of you. And thank you, Harpender and Irene, for just inviting me. Um, a little bit about myself, I guess, like, you know, to put out job titles out there. I um, I describe myself as an inner child advocate as well as a self-trust coach. Um, and what that means is that um, I think as we grow up and we become adults, um, we tend to neglect, you know, that part of ourselves called the inner child who holds our natural curiosity and play um, and just vibrancy. And so I really create space for us as adults to connect your inner child again. So lovely, thank you. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, yeah. I've, <laughs> you know, I wasn't expecting for this to be recorded right here and then, but I feel like <laughs> this is a great conversation, so we're just gonna roll with it. Yes, love that attitude. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like sometimes the best things happen when we're not planning it so much oh, yeah. where it's just like organic and you allow it to like shine out so I'm I'm happy to see or excited to see what comes of this conversation totally. um, <laughs> so a question that we're asking all of our speakers is what does it mean to be creative to you yeah that's a great question um I think it's a great question because you know a lot of us might not even identify as creative because whenever we think of creative, we think of um, being able to draw, being able to design perhaps, or something that fits into like the traditional creative field. Um, but I define creativity, um, and I forgot who exactly said this, but it's like creativity is actually just knowing how to connect dots to things that people might not actually connect. So, um, I believe it's not just, you know, making a piece of art, but it's like you can live creatively and um, have creative relationships with people um, and how you want to navigate that relationship and negotiate like with the world, how you want to live your life. It's, it's so true, right? We put creativity in a box. We think it's just about drawing or um, how we look, but it really can come down to relationships and how you define how you want to live your life. Totally. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned that one of your titles is an inner child advocate. So I'd love to know a little bit more about what the inner child has to tell us about ourselves and also our creative potential. Yeah, definitely. Um, so first of all, I think, you know, to, to play a little meta right now, I think um, coming into this, right? My inner parents like, oh my God, I have to prepare. I have to like be perfect. I have to say the right things and make sure I cover everything really well. Um, but my inner child just like, wow, I'm with two really cool people. And you know, everyone else watching here too, but like, I'm with two really cool people. Like, let's just like be here and see what comes up. And, um, I think that, that, that relationship is really shows like who the inner child is. Um, you know, formally to define it, our inner child is the person who we were um, just when we were born, like straight out of the womb. And like, um, we didn't know what people expected of us, you know, we didn't like restrict ourselves to moving a certain way or like breathing a certain way or talking a certain way. And we were just us. 
Um, but, but as we grow older, you know, we become more conscious of what people are telling us, what people want for us. Um, and also what maybe people bring their own fears and doubts and place to on us as well. Um, and so being conscious of this relationship between the inner child and inner parent, it really helps us, you know, understand like what is true to us. And there's, I think there's many ways of thinking about this. It's not just the inner child and inner parent. Um, people talk about it like the left and right brain, the ego and the true self, whatever resonates with us. Um, but why I focus on the inner child is that um, I think that that it's it's part of representing our natural curiosity and like just just playful desires as well. It's a it's a great metaphor and way to think about as you say like all these different concepts. Whichever path it leads you, it leads you down the same way. It's like returning back to your connection to like yes. who you are, like the truth of who you are. And I'm curious to learn because I've actually participated in one of your self-parenting um, sessions, which was great, by the way. I loved oh, it. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> like, I am definitely, now that I have more free time, definitely going to be coming into your um, office hours and all that kind of stuff that you do. But I'm curious to learn, like, in your work, like, how, how do people react in these sessions? Like, is there a lot of disconnection? Is it hard for people to find and talk to their inner child? Yeah, um, you know, everyone is different, right? It's so hard to like, um, it's so hard to just like neatly summarize um, a person's journey, let alone like how a person is. But I think a lot of people, you know, some people will be really surprised by, by their, their connection with their inner child. Um, like one person I've worked with, they, they were really afraid of meeting their inner child because um, they're afraid of, of bringing back up like all of the hurt and like um, the traumatic experiences in their childhood. Um, but, but one of my modalities is visualization. And so I love guiding people through visualization because I think um, it's a great way to like practice our imagination. And, and like mm -hmm. as adults, you know, we withhold ourselves from imagining and dreaming too big sometimes as well. Um, and when they came, when they went through the visualization, they're like, wow, you know, like my inner child knows so much and they actually are so happy and vibrant. Um, and it was actually just because I was ignoring them and I didn't want to spend time with them that I felt like they, they would be really sad and they're not that vibrant. Um, I also think that part of it is how willing and open are we, right? To also meet our inner child, just like any kind of healing. Um, Sometimes, you know, we're at a point where like, oh, well, I don't think my inner child is valuable and worth it. And when we, when we believe that, then of course, when we talk to our inner child, we're going to dismiss how they feel. Um, and so I guess bringing back to that point of like, um, the whole part about self-parenting is, is all about like listening to yourself again. It's about mm -hmm. how do you practice listening to yourself um, non-judgmentally and again, there's so many connections, right, to like other <laughs> forms of healing as well. But yeah, it's like because we've spent so long dismissing our inner child's voice, um, the practice of self-parenting isn't anything new, honestly. It's just about how do we listen to ourselves better? How do we ask ourselves mm -hmm. the right questions that will unlock what we actually want, not to change like the behavior to what we think we should do. Mm. Yeah, I think that point of 
starting to listen to ourselves without any ounce of judgment is so important. Um, Cause I feel like otherwise we can start to place like this is bad or this is not good and I don't want to address it when really I feel like sometimes as a human like what is good and what is bad and how can we label like parts within us as like good or bad and I think that's something that I have been thinking about within my own experience of meeting my true self and doing this inner child's work is like for me I realized my inner child just really wanted to play and had no desire to work in an office space. And for so long, I like kept pushing that away. And I was like, no, I need to be like this big girl, a responsible <laughs> like adult that like has yeah. an office and like has all these promotions. And I would go into work and be miserable. And it was my inner child that was like, we don't want to be here. Like, yeah. We want to be outside experiencing like the beauty of the world. And I just was not connecting to that part of myself because mm-hmm. then that part of myself didn't allow me to be this like good adult. Yeah. Um, and what is being a good adult? Like that's just so yeah. ridiculous. Um, so I think like the work that you're doing is just so important. It's so like important again to like, even that visualization of the inner child and like really being able to listen to it. Um, a question that I had around that was like, with the inner child work, do you ever get them to look at like a picture of themselves as a kid? Mm, no, but um, but like during the visualizations, what I will do is that sometimes it is really helpful for someone to, you know, literally just, um, I'll just ask them to imagine like themselves mm. at a certain age. And, and some people do actually bring up like, oh, I thought about this picture I had. Um, but some other people are, are more drawn to something that like it's a, is a bit more vague and abstract mm. as well. So it's like, I think um, as a facilitator, something that's really interesting is learning to practice the balance of um, asking guiding questions, but also allow for that person to visualize or learn in their own way because everyone learns a bit different right like mm. some people want to be super specific some people like being a little bit more abstract um so that's a great question thank you for asking i guess another thing that comes with like the inner child something that me and irene were discussing is like we felt like once you have a better understanding of your inner child perhaps like that true idea identity that will then allow you to start building a community um, of authentic sort of connections because you know who you truly are. And once you know your true self, the people then you go out to meet um, are in alignment, I suppose, with the like true identity. Is that something that you found with your work with people? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I I think before I, I ask, answer that question, I wanted to go back to what you you were sharing Carpenter about like, um, as you like listen to your inner child more and like let them play, I think something that's really beautiful that I just want to point out is like, um, mm-hmm. I think a misconception of like um, inner child work is that we, we're only gonna play. We're only gonna like honor that part of ourselves. But I think it's at the end of the day, like balancing out the two as well. Um, mm-hmm. And like making room for that conversation so that you can be creative and create something you know, that like is really true to you on both ends. Um, and, and like going back to your question about 
you know, like how does inner child work connect with community? Um, like totally, right? Like I think all of us, whenever we're trying to find community, like we're like shedding all these layers, like at certain points in our journey, like we're looking for certain things in community. Um, but as we keep on like growing and growing and, and being like, oh crap, like maybe actually the community I'm looking for isn't just a like revolved around work, you know? It's not just about celebrating work. It's about celebrating my, my whole self. It's about celebrating other people because as I love myself more, I have more room to like celebrate others without feeling that, mm. oh, I have to compete with them. Um, and that instead we all, we all are just, it's like, it's like, I imagine like we can be in a playground and like all of us have like our own ideas and we can take turns and be like, hey, do you want to play this game together? Like, let's do this. Um, and then another person will take the lead another day and be like, let's play this game instead. Um, and I feel like that's, that's really what community is. It's like, you know, in a community, there's so many people and, and we all kind of take turns to hold each other and to celebrate mm -hmm. each other and to um, also ask for help. I think asking for support and help is like a big thing that I'm learning for myself right now. I love that um, collaborative feel of community that you pointed out um you know that sense of creating our own belonging and that give and take that receiving and also the not competitive nature and I feel like that goes back to um the inner child work and the comfort and confidence that comes from trusting and speaking to our inner child because it is a part of our identity and as we all know when we ignore or deny or repress parts of our identity it it often leads to not very good things. So um, yeah, it's, it's very interesting um, when we think about how we can integrate ourselves, and when we can integrate ourselves, how we can show up better in community. Definitely. Yeah, and I think even to, to like ask ourselves a bit deeper too, you know, like why do we wanna be part of a community? I think before like community was just a really like buzzword for me and honestly, mm -hmm. um, I, I feel like I've been in many communities, but um, I'm, I'm part of two right now, like more consciously. And um, I think being in those communities, um, one is called Soup for the Central Soul, and it's all about like sensuality and sexuality actually. And um, the other one is called Give Good Care, and it's for like um, Asian wellness practitioners. And I feel like when I entered those spaces, I really was like, okay, what does community mean to me? Like, I, maybe I've always been giving, but actually now I want to practice receiving as well. Um, so just the other day, I actually was like really nervous for like my group program because I think whenever we share something that we're making, it brings back, you know, childhood memories of like, you know, maybe like you're like bringing like a project home to your parents. You're like, look at this, you know, what do you think of it? And, um, you know, evokes this like vulnerability for you. And um, I actually reached out to my my community of like asian wellness practitioners and was just like you know i'm feeling this certain way like is it okay if you you know give me the words of affirmation and just like mm -hmm. let me know if you've ever felt this way before too um but i definitely wasn't able to do that before you know i always just like i i'm like i got this i'm not gonna show <laughs> behind the scenes um, yeah yeah so it's been really interesting to also like dig deeper into my own definition. It can be so scary to, to show ourselves, to show our vulnerable selves, um, but it feels 
so good when we feel supported and seen by other people. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we're all just making it up as we go along. Yeah. <laughs> Why are we pretending? <laughs> oh, yes. No, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Um, are you all open if I ask you questions too? Um, yeah, go for it. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask, what has your journey been like for, for both of you of like finding community and really um, stepping into your definition of community today? That's a really interesting question because I feel like it also brings about the question of like belonging um, and I think there's a very strong connection between community and belonging to me um, where I feel like the communities that I have consciously decided to join there is that give and take of sometimes I need support and I need to be the one maybe in the middle of the circle being hugged by everyone or other times like I am living or in my power to the point where I am able to provide that help uh, and connection and whatever someone or support that someone else might be needing. Um, but I also think around that idea of community for me has also been understanding my own like self identity and like what is actually important to me. Um, and I feel like what I have realized for myself is women are important to me. Yeah. (laughs) Supporting and uplifting and creating this very collaborative sort of space where it is not competition Mm because competition I think there is a little part of it that will inspire you to be better but if it inspires you to be better to the point where you're pushing someone out outside of the community that has never felt right to me Mm -hmm. Um, so I think like a community of being around women, I think something else that, and a reason why we created this summit, I think there is such a sense of belonging in empowering and uplifting Black Indigenous women of color. Because I am a woman of color. And for me to really have come into my own identity and like community has been understanding where I come from, which is like being Punjabi and being around my family as a first generation and like going to India yeah and like starting to see like like within my family and my woman they're so tight like they are there for each other like no matter what needs to be done I was like I want to bring that connection and community that my ancestors have brought like to this day and age now like that is what has been really compelling me to want to create a conscious community. And I think that's what the summit is about is sort of that collective, like understanding of my self identity and then wanting to create that sense of community for others, but also understanding that sometimes I need help. Mm-hmm. And that's where a community can be so helpful where you can be vulnerable and others are all like, Oh, you're human too. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're touching upon something that is actually very interesting. That like, you know, I, I think when I talk about inner child and inner parent, um, it, it's about being aware of these two maybe opposing sides that you have in yourself and that they don't have to actually be opposing. They actually mm-hmm. can be friends. And, and, and why I mention that is because what I hear you're saying too is that 
like, um, you know, being a woman of color. And also I, I have to say like being Asian too, you know, and like um, being a minority, I think like there's also a more collective, um, you know, cultural uh, upbringing, which I think I rejected a lot when I was growing up in America because it's very individualistic. And I always thought it could only be either or, but I think what right now, um, what you're sharing Harpender, it reminds me of like trying to bridge this gap between like there is so much power in being community um, and being like a collective. And also I think at the same time, sometimes like uh, for, for me personally, you know, in my Asian culture, it's been so hard to ask for help though. And I think like my, my more American side, you know, is like, yes, ask for the help, you know, go to therapy. And now I'm like, okay, how do I bridge the two? And so I think that conversation of finding community, being able to ask for help, um, also honoring your own self as well like that that just ties back into the whole like you know having that inner conversation that self-parenting back and forth yeah <laughs> yeah that's such a good point um around that connection and I think like as you were talking that something else that came to me as you were talking is like what's so important to me around like communities is a storytelling is like you talking about your experience as an Asian, as a minority and sort of being American, being Asian, bridging that gap. And then you sharing your story. I'm like, Oh, that resonates with me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the power of community. When someone else can share their experience, you're just like, Oh, I'm going through the same thing. And it's just like such a beautiful such a beautiful part of being, I think, human and that community is that storytelling. So thank you for sharing that. That really resonated. Of course, of course. Mm. Irene, did you want to share? (laughs) (laughs) You're you're coming into community? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, oh wow, like you guys have touched on a lot of things. I'm like, oh my god, where do I go from here? But (laughs) um, yeah, my journey in terms of community has been you know it has to do a lot with unpacking like um like the internalized racism that I have and like my colonial mindset and I think that's a lifelong journey and for me um that's been a big part of me wanting to find a community where I feel like I fit in like um I teach yoga and I do have a community here a local community um, with teachers, but, you know, being, like, the only Asian person, um, you know, it was, I love them, but there's always, like, a little bit of, like, you know, something, I wanted to feel a little bit more belonging, I wanted to feel like I fit in, I wanted to feel heard, I wanted to feel similar to other people, and I think that's kind of, like, what drew me on my different paths to, looking for other mentors and different communities online as well. (laughs) Um, And yeah, like, I think it's so important to find a group of people who are willing to hold space for you, who are willing to show up um, and to learn more about each other. And I've just loved that component of community, which is, I just feel really excited when we're all together and just hearing what people are going through. Mm -hmm. Um, 
so that's just sort of like my way into my community and with the summit as well it has been really much about uplifting and highlighting women of color that we find so exciting and inspirational and yeah it's really great to see how there's just so many things online like people are being driven to this call of creating all these groups creating all these new societies because we're realizing like we don't have to subscribe to the systems that are already in place we don't have to go to the institutions that are there like you said we have to only go to this studio or go to only this workplace or this group this club and so it's just been really like this time is so exciting to see all these different communities come up and just really speak up because I think what's important here is that we do need to talk like we do need Uh, to have these conversations we need to use our voices because I just don't resonate anymore with like what is being said in the mainstream (laughs) and I want to hear other other people kind of take up the space now I really like when you mentioned Irene, like we need to talk. I think something that has, yeah, something that has come up a lot. Yeah, I have like lots of good thoughts going on, but I think the, the biggest thing that's like screaming at me right now is like, um, it's like we need to talk. I think as, as like people who hold space too, as wellness practitioners of color, um, as as women of color, as like creatives of color, because. I, I think I'll talk specifically about the wellness industry because just like I think in the past year, I've learned so many different healing modalities that I think are so freaking cool. And, and I think that as we are doing, you know, our healing work, you know, um, as you are just like holding space for people to study yoga, to learn about yoga, like um, I hope that's the right terminology. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but just like, it's like, it's like, you know, when, when you're like, oh my God, I know that there's like, I'm only doing this one piece of the puzzle and there's so many cool people who are doing other pieces of the puzzle and we have to come together to like create the whole puzzle together. Mm-hmm. And, but I think in the capitalistic society, we're taught to be like, oh no, I'm supposed to have all the solutions. Like I'm the one stop mm-hmm. shop, you know, you come to me, but it's like not like that. And I, I think when you mentioned to talk together, Irene, I'm like, wow, you know, I think like we're so powerful when we come together because, because mm-hmm. then, yeah, we don't have to rely on these other institutions that have already been set and we can like create our own system, um, create our yeah. own like network, you know? Um, yeah. That's so beautiful. So. Thank you. <laughs> that's a great question, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I was yeah. genuinely curious, so, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a really great question. Um, and I feel like just offered up so much space for, like, more introspection mm-hmm. around, like, community. And I like that point. Um, like, as a wellness practitioner, I have definitely felt that pressure to be the one that knows everything, oh, to yeah. heal oh, everything. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I, <laughs> and I feel like it's only been this past year where I was just like, who is this my ego? Is this yeah, society? Yeah. I was like, no, I was like, this is not true. I was yeah. like, 
we're so much better when we are collaborating and when we are being like, Hey, I know this really great person that can help you with this thing. And then that, and then in that way, you're then even building out this bigger community where we are helping each other and like referrals, like in that sense, like it's just, that's something that I've been realizing for myself this past year and how ingrained it's been and that Mm -hmm. I need to somehow be this like know-it-all and but the thing is like how will we ever be know-it-alls and then the the reality is we can't be know-it-alls but then we're like abusing ourselves for not being a know-it-all for the impossible Mm -hmm. um so I really like that you mentioned that that's been something that's really been um on my mind, I think, and even sort of embodying it um, this past year. Yeah, definitely. And and I think it makes total sense, though, that we feel this way to validate, because when you think about the wellness industry, you know, um, especially in America, it's like everything is just, oh, go to talk therapy for your mental health. Mm. But, but, But people don't talk about, I mean, it's physical and then like physical checkups and then talk therapy. But, but no one talks about like other stuff. So mm-hmm. of course it makes sense that we would put that pressure on ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. And that there isn't any like, like network already set up for us to connect with each other. So of course mm-hmm. we would feel alone. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why I think this is really important. Yeah. What? <laughs> 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 Yeah, no. Aww. Um, what was your journey to becoming an inner child advocate? Yeah, I'm so curious. Yeah, I actually didn't like claim, you know, the the title inner child advocate until let's see, I feel like a couple months ago actually, because um, I was like, well, people understand this. I don't know, but I was like, you know, this feels good. This feels this feels <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, like I. I, I came to to claim this um, this like I don't know how to describe it like just this responsibility that's not the right word just like yeah this embodiment right to embody this um, because as I was showing up in different communities I loved what everyone was doing and but something I always felt that was missing was like this play aspect, this curiosity aspect. And um, like, I, I think it's all about recognizing like what really resonates with you and I guess me. Um, and as I kept on like, you know, exploring different kinds of um, healing modalities, like I, I've tried breath work and different kinds of coaching and yoga as well and like all those things and um and I, I asked myself like what what is it that I just love that brings me so much joy to like create space for and it's really like like being curious and playful um mm. and so like I, I kind of also steer away from calling myself a coach sometimes because I feel like it evokes like certain meanings to that are really attached to like the capitalistic like high executive society um Mm. and I just want to call myself the advocate because I'm not here to like like give you your answers or to tell you like what you should do but it's just like I really think about myself as a space maker like 
I literally make space for, for you to prioritize yourself, um, to prioritize that inner child voice. Um, because when you go out there in the world, it can be so easily stomped out of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that's like how I came to identify myself as an inner child advocate. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing. So people want to know, how can they connect with you? <laughs> yeah, um, they can find me on Instagram. Um, it's Tiffany True. And um, yeah, like I, I have been playing around with Instagram a lot of, I know that it's just like super like information heavy, like digestible content in a way, but um, I've been really playing around with how can we create spaces on our IG pages so that we can slow down and that we can actually like have more meaningful connections there. Um, I also am having a group program, which I think it might have started once this comes out already, but it's called Creating Home Within. Um, But the whole concept is about, you know, how can we create that that inner safe space for ourselves so that we can feel good and safe enough to share it with the world. Well, I'm so excited for your group program. Thank you. Me too. I'm, I'm always like really inspired by everyone who shows up and um, I guess going back to the creativity part um, at the very end of it, everyone makes their own like creative project for themselves. So um, mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see how that turns out too. Mm-hmm. Well, we're rooting for you. Thank you. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. Well, just after speaking with you, um, just right now, like, I can only imagine like how great that group program is going to be, and for everyone involved. Um, you truly, I feel like, are such a great like space holder um, and facilitator. So that's that's really exciting that you are doing that group and allowing that space for others to be a part of it. So thank you for your work. That's really great. I received. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Tiffany, for just such a wonderful, loving, uh, I feel like I got tingles in my body as we were talking interview. (laughs) I know know everyone um, that will tune in is also going to find just what a such a great interview this was. Um, so thank you so much again for saying yes to this um, and doing this sort of unplanned. You didn't think we'd be recording right now and you did such a wonderful <laughs> job. <laughs> I know. Um, I thought that it would be like, um, you know, the week of the summit or something, but it's all good. <laughs> um, so thank you so much again. And thanks everyone for tuning in. Bye. Bye.